Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. So, Chris, I guess the best place to start here is is kind of from the beginning. For fans who are really only familiar, or who might only be familiar, from seeing you on, on the sideline of UConn men's basketball games, why don't you walk us through your career a little bit and, uh, you know, what your path has been like uh, that's led you to doing this uh, role here at SNY? Yes, yeah, so my career has been an interesting and unique, taking a unique uh, path, if you will. So I started out, I went to Syracuse, majored in uh, broadcast journalism, Newhouse School, uh, worked with the student TV station, you know, really built up my uh, my reporting and and storytelling skills, and just being an overall good journalist. And then after I graduated, you know, I was behind all of my peers a little bit because I hadn't been able to broadcast for a couple of years because I was on the football team and they wouldn't let me uh, do any reporting on the on the football teams or on the any other athletic teams besides uh, the football team because I walked on there uh, for a couple of years and eventually like eight months after um, I graduated you know I got a job in Wisconsin working as the weekend sports anchor the weekday sports reporter and I you know First four weeks on the job, they sent me out to L.A. by myself to cover the Badgers uh, Sweet 16, an eventual uh, national championship run in 2015. And that that moment right there, that whole experience gave me the understanding that I could do this because I was put through some really um, tough, tough times or tough uh, situations that I probably – would have handled a lot better had I known some of the things that I could have done. Um, and that was really a very humbling, but also thrilling uh, two years that I stayed in Wisconsin covering the Badgers, the Packers, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers and the whole gang, one of the most storied franchises in NFL history, uh, you know, being able to travel on the road for those, those Packers games. And after that, I left in March of 27, 2017, and then I had a – I didn't get my next job until July uh, of 2017, and I was in D.C., and I worked as a – I was part-time there. I worked as a feature sports reporter, and I did a whole bunch of, like, human interest stories and wanted to – yeah, that's like really my passion, you know, telling stories that go beyond the uh, the lens of sports, the X's and O's. And I did that for a year and three months. And I was able to cover the, the Capitals run um, to the, the Stanley Cup title and winning it. Like I did camera work as well as uh, the whole MMJ uh, shebang. And once I started to anchor... I got a couple opportunities to anchors, anchor. I I was just hitting my stride there, really. And S and Y came calling. S and Y and the the Cavaliers, Cleveland Cavaliers, came calling because uh, they had an opening for the sideline reporter position. And what happened then was I just felt S and Y was the best 
best fit for me as far as what I wanted to do in my career and the the security blanket that I had and just the overall network that you can build and the connections that you can make, you know, while being in, you know, uh, the Big Apple. So that was how uh, I got to, to SNY. And, and, you know, I never, never felt like I made the wrong decision or anything like that. But uh, all those experiences really give me a lot of appreciation for why, for where I am now and eventually getting the, the sideline reporting role for UConn, for UConn men's um, in my, in my, yeah, I guess second, about to be my second year uh, in November. But yeah, that's kind of how my, my journey went in a spark notes form. In your role this year uh, with UConn men's basketball, Tell us what it's like from your perspective being on the sideline and uh, in, in the kind of work you're doing uh, during the games. You know, the, the really funny thing that I've learned about being a sideline reporter for a regional network or just a, a network in general is how, how locked, like how locked in you have to be to the huddles because I didn't realize how hard it would be to hear the coaches, the coach talking, the players talking, when the timeouts are called, like the the media timeouts or whatnot, and the other timeouts that coaches call, because you have all the band playing, there's the music playing from the stadium arena soundstage, and you have the you have your IFB in your ear, you're listening to the producer, as far as like, okay, so... When we come back from commercial, you know, Gary, you know, we're going to talk about this or this billboard is going to come up and then you're going to throw to Chris for his hit on, you know, James Booknight or something. And that that's when I really gained appreciation for being locked in to the huddles, because if you're if you're not, you will you'll miss it. Like the first actually it's funny. The first game that I did. um yeah, November eighth game. I uh, I barely got anything from from the huddles. It was it was that hard, and I, you know, it was, it was just the second time that I had really done any type of sideline reporting. But as time went on, each game I did, I was able to get a lot more information, write down notes better, and have an easier understanding of, you know, what the coaches were saying. And how to relay that message back to uh, the guys, the play-by-play, and the, the analysts and the producers, see if they wanted to for me to do a hit on that. Um, so it's 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 really a lot of um, analyzing, you know, the game, also listening to what what the play-by-play and the analysts are saying. Maybe you can feed off of that, and then also you have a bunch of stories that you've developed and created based on what you heard and what you talked about with Coach Hurley and with some of the guys uh, at shoot-around, so that if somebody does really well, like Jalen Gaffney, you know, he started to to shine in the, uh, it was the same, I think it was the St. Peter's game. And and then after that game, we're like, okay, we want to talk about how his battles with Altery Gilbert 
you know, have really helped him improve his confidence, especially after he barely played Indiana. So that was something that I had in my back pocket. I also had something on, you know, Dan's wife and how she gives the, um, she gives him candy to give to the players because she feels he's too hard on, uh, hard on them. So it's, it's her way of making sure uh, they know um, that they, they're appreciated. And, you know, he's not a, he's not all hard all the time. Um, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't get to use that. You know, she had like a really funny poem, uh, Christmas related poem, poem. And um, sometimes, you know, it just doesn't fit in the, uh, in the game. Cause uh, that's the other thing you have all these stories that you want to get to, but it's really about the game. If it's, if it's close, if it's a tight, tight knit game and there's a lot of tension and um, you're on the edge of your seat, you probably won't be doing the stories that you, you compiled beforehand, unless it's like related to somebody going off and you already had a, a story assigned or story plan to talk about their development or, or growth. Um, so yeah, we, we, we go to, we go to shoot around every, um, every time, like the, the morning of, if it's an afternoon game or an afternoon, if it's an evening game and we talk to coach, you know, really just go back and forth on the, the angles and topics that we think are important to the game based on what happened the previous game. Because like the first game, you're you have all these overall pretty general stories of different players, uh, coach. But once you get past that, it's like okay, well you guys, you know, had a lot of turnovers. You had 22 turnovers or whatever in this past game. What are you going to do to fix that? Or so you know, James Booknight, he rose to the occasion like he never missed a beat after those first uh, three games being suspended. Why was he so effective or something? And then use that in in the broadcast and I have like about four or five stories each time talking about um yeah four or five stories each time um on different schematics and uh different features about players and players and coach what's it been like get getting to work with coach Hurley because I think the fans see see the animated coach on the sideline but what's it like getting to work with him uh you know on a, on a more individual basis yeah, he he's very he's very laid back, like as far as his um, demeanor, and like he's obviously he's a tough tough nosed guy, just like his father and his brother. He, he's very raw. I, I tell you that. I like his raw um, delivery and how he uh, communicates to you know the broadcast crew and. He doesn't. He doesn't sugarcoat. Like there's a lot of stuff that he'll tell us off the record um, that we get a kick out of. Um, he's, he's just like a. He's just like a regular dude, man. He's just a a guy who will tell it like it is. He doesn't hold back. And some of that content, you know, we can't use on air, and so you have to know what is off the record and what's on the record. Uh, I remember one time he was saying something, and and I was writing it down. He's like, "Yeah, don't, don't, don't put that on there. Like that, that's off the record. Like, don't, don't say that. You know, um, you know." But he did it in a jokey manner. So he's really, really easy to talk to because um, he's very open and expressive 
when he when he talks about different philosophies of basketball and how certain players are are doing well or or not doing well. Um, he's not one of those guys who's you know very very short and and curt. You know if you're if you're talking to him, and I think excuse me the relationship that we've had with uh, UConn over the years, you know, has really helped his uh, comfortability. You know, sharing sharing different things with us. On the other side, you know, not only working with Coach Hurley, but but you're you're around the players a lot. What's been like being around you know the players on the team this year and, and getting to work with them? There, I would say, I love I, honestly because I'm still, not well, I still consider myself kind of young at at 28. I feel like I can relate to a lot of them because. You know, it wasn't too long ago that I was in college, and they're fun. They're fun to be around, man. They they joke around, um, you know, but they also, you know, have this sense of pressure and um, expectations that they need to live up to, and I just I feel like I'm talking to, you know, one of my homies when I'm talking talking to them. As far as the way the way that I approach it, um, they're, they're really, really approachable. Like the first time um, I talked to a cook, a cook, he was obviously very shy and didn't say so much. But then the second time that I talked to him, um, after he really exploded on the scene, you know, I saw the the light in his eyes when he talked about making sure that he was always the first one down the court after you know a big block and never letting anybody exert more effort than he did uh, between both of the teams. And I could see how he was becoming more comfortable sharing his insights and sharing his thoughts on why he has been so effective and what he wants to improve on. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, they're a, they're a fun group to be around. Some are, some are more quiet than others, but they seem like a really, they're really close close group and that that's something that Josh Carlton told me uh it's the closest team he's been on uh in the three years that he's been here so you can't uh can't get better than that being so close to the team what are your thoughts on, on the way the team has performed of like you know that they, they kind of got off to to a good start you know outside of that loss to St. Joe's played well in Charleston um, you know, played Indiana tight at Madison Square Garden and then kind of struggled a little bit down the stretch, you know, losing both of their opening games in the American Conference. Uh, what are your thoughts on the team? And do you think they have what it takes to, to turn it back around a bit to how they're playing early on in the season? I know, I think that this team has a lot of potential and they have a lot of talent that I think isn't being demonstrated um, or being maximized because of a lot of bad habits that they formed under the regime before, before Dan Hurley, because there's no reason why. And it's not like Xavier is, you know, this all-class team or Miami is really great, great because there's so much parity in college basketball, but there's no reason why they, show that type of effort and performance against them. And then we see how they play against the Cincinnati, you know what I'm saying? Against, you know, South Florida, where 
you're just you're flabbergasted. I, I do think they have to answer your question. I do think they have what it takes to turn this around. But Dan Hurley really needs to ch- change things up. He's talked about having a shorter leash for some some of the players because there's careless and irresponsible basketball being played. But at the same time, you know the guys that are coming in, they got to deliver. There's always these weaknesses that will be exposed, perhaps, um, if you have a guy on a short lease like Alterick Gilbert. If he's not performing well, you know, you put in, okay, you put in Jalen, but he's a, he's a freshman. He's going to go through his growing pains. So I think he's got to deal with that, um, that dilemma. And then also, it's, it's the consistency. I've, I've talked to the players about that, and I think it's one of those things that's going to have to click for them in order for them to really make a splash in the conference and have a shot to go to the postseason and go to the tournament. Because they're not they're not trying to be an NIT team or, or anything like that. They they want to win the you know AAC AAC and that's obviously not getting off to the right start. But there are a lot of just a lot of questionable I don't say questionable the things that concern me about uh their lack of consistency and and getting it done each and every night one night Josh Carlton goes off for I think 20 plus points against uh Iona against a very talented uh front court and he looks like a machine the next he barely plays and he he's a liability on 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 defense when you got the bigs coming out um, shooting threes, and he doesn't have the the game yet to really challenge a team outside of you know a few feet away from the basket. You look at Tyler Polly, great sharpshooter. You know you get him on the uh, in the tra- you get him in transition, or you have him curling off a screen or something, pop and shoot, boom, lockdown. It's pretty much automatic. But as far as maybe a two dribble you know, pull up jumper or drive into the basket, you know, we don't, we don't see that. And when he has to do that, it's partially because the guys that are facilitating offense are not, are not recognizing him and they're playing a little too much uh, hero ball. So I think they have, I think they have the talent to compete in the AAC and make a postseason run. But it's really just a matter of Dan Hurley going to be able to figure out how to use that line of maybe switch it up so there's a new type of energy and and mentality. Because they say all these things in the beginning, um, but when it gets tough, that's when you really see how teams how teams respond to their to their adversity. Absolutely, and uh, Chris, uh, I'll get you out of here on this one. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier you went to Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse right. and UConn are uh, pretty big rivals. What's it like seeing things from the uh, UConn side now? Well, it's funny. It's funny you say that because uh, I never thought I would, yeah, be covering, be covering UConn basketball, especially after going to Syracuse and how there's so much uh, animosity. You know, good natured animosity, obviously. Um, you know, towards UConn and the Huskies. But it's really interesting to see the 
the difference in the programs. And for me, I've been able to get a lot closer to the program than I ever have really with the Syracuse because I wasn't talking to the players each time we had a game on a broadcast. I wasn't talking to Coach Beheim, you know, just amongst the broadcasters and the SID. So from that perspective, I, I feel like I'm closer to the the UConn program, but I'm always, you know, I'm always going to root for, you know, Syracuse, um, you know, when it's all said and done. However, you know, you got a job to do. So you're, you're unbiased. But it's, yeah, it's just really fascinating seeing how this program has evolved and how they're trying to write a new ship with the Dan Hurley way. Um, so, yeah, I would, lo- I would love to see, you know, Syracuse and UConn battle it out more. But that just isn't, uh, this isn't in the cards. Uh, yeah, it is, uh, it is, it is funny. I remember last, the la- last year when UConn beat Syracuse and they had all the, uh, I think it was Hurley, was he, uh, what did he do? Did he chest bump? Uh, yeah, Jalen Adams. Adams. Chest bumping Jalen Adams up and down right. yeah. Right, you know, that was, that was funny. Um. You know, I wasn't. You know, I would say I wasn't wasn't too too pleased as a Syracuse fan, but uh, at the same time, like, okay, UConn may be making a you know step in the right direction. So that's that's good for the um, the engagement for the uh, for the viewers as far as you know the rivalry uh, since you know when um, the last regime it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't pretty. Yeah. Yeah, you could say that for sure. Uh, but Chris, uh, really want to thank you for uh, joining us today. Uh, appreciate the time, and uh, you know, hopefully everyone's uh, giving you a follow on SNY uh, and on social media this year as the uh, season continues to play out. No, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Uh, always happy to uh, share insight on on the job. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Kotler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.